0: Welcome to Reality T Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing Married at First Sight. So I know this is a little late, you might be getting this maybe a little after um, the next episode airs, but nonetheless, here we are. So this is the first time we are doing a full recap of uh, Married at First Sight. So we will get into that momentarily, but let's do some hot goss quickly before we we head into the episode. So first things first with hot goss, Rob, the knob. He went on his Instagram to basically shut down the critics who has called him worthless on social media. Now that's mean. He is a knob, but you know, he posted a christmas themed photo album on his instagram um where it shows a few modeling shots and ai generated pictures um i don't have that album i don't care for it i I, I don't care i just have the one (laughs) but he basically it's him showcasing his journey from rags to riches sir what riches um, but I will post the the picture with the caption and all of that. Um, but basically, for those who don't care to see this, the first picture basically shows him, which I'll be posting. The first one shows him um, freezing in the snow without a shirt on, without a shirt. While the next few showed him getting progressively wealthier. The home. The final view picture showed Rob holding money and enjoying a tropical vacation. He looked seemingly happy amid the rumors that Sophie had left him due to his past infidelity. Right. But that's basically it for that. Not much there. Let's move on to the next hot goss. Jesse Meester. We all remember him. Yeah. He shocked fans recently. Revealing that he's having a baby with his new girlfriend, who is not Jennifer, obviously. Didn't know you two weren't together anymore, but, eh, whatever. Um. So apparently, though, they both Jesse and Jennifer revealed um, uh, back in September 2022 that they had broken up. Didn't know, because I don't care. But I guess, along with me, a lot of people... We're assuming that him and Jennifer were still together, which is maybe why it became kind of su- a surprise when he did announce he was having a baby with another girlfriend for whom he did not announce that he was with. Um, the per the who posted this was actually not a Day, the Melanated Way, they posted this, so I will post their post on our socials and it was captioned congratulations to Papa Jesse and Mama Marion who celebrated birthdays the hot uh, yeah they've celebrated their b- I don't care the holidays and are expecting a baby boy in 2024 um some fans who were shocked made commented saying wait what the fuck what happened to Jennifer um and another one saying, I don't recall you posting that he had a new girlfriend. So, that's basically that. So, again, I will post that post. so You can kind of see the announcement if you hadn't seen it. Um, but that's what's up there. So, yeah. The only other hot goss that I have, which isn't really like hot goss. It's kind of really not really hot. It's more like lukewarm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is Dempsey. Remember Dempsey? She's with Statler. Um, has posted an Instagram story suggesting that her and Statler have new plans after the end of... um. Sorry. Have new plans. Period. Um, or I guess they must have done like some sort of Q&A on Reddit. And the Reddit user which I'm not sure. I think it's Dick fine coffee. <laughs> one, two, three. Shares a screenshot of Dempsey's Instagram story where basically her saying celebrating the first day of 2024 by booking a one way flight to a brand new country. And she does tax dollar in the post. I will post that um, as well on our socials. So the user who posted this, or reposted this says Dempsey moving to the U S question mark. Um, so don't know, not sure. Uh, they seem to be pretty tight lipped. And I do wonder if the reason they're tight lipped is maybe, are they going to be on another episode, a a new season of 90 day fiance, some way, shape or form. I don't know, but, that's it for hot goss. That's all the hot goss that I have so far. So I'll have to replenish my hot gosh. My hot go- My hot gosh. My hot goss. Um, again, I'll post everything um, on socials as discussed. But let's get into the reason that we are here. Merida First Sight Season 17, Episode 11. Not sure what the title of the episode is. Um, but we will start with Emily and Brennan who for some reason I can, I remember up until now, um, by their names. So they're cooking pizza together, homemade pizza. And they do kind of talk about, you know, Pia's suggestion of him going to therapy and him not really wanting to do that. Um, but she does kind of want him to open up more with her, obviously. And she's like, it's important for her to set goals, which again is fair, I would think. But he mentions feeling also uncomfortable about the touching exercise that Pia has mentioned to them. Um, He doesn't really want, and he kind of like suggests like it would be kind of like a poke. Poke? No, that's not what Pia was saying, but anyways, um but he would like to do kind of a twist on that and say, maybe they can hug instead. So she's down for hugging too. That's great. Um, She kind of says, you know, although, you know, I am, you know, I might get frustrated by things, lack of things, whatever, and vice versa. I'm in this. I wonder how much longer she's going to say that though. In the next scene, um, we're at the one month now and they're going to be going horseback riding so we are at devil's thumb ranch you might want to change the name um brennan gets a horse and the horse's name is gucci so they're kind of doing the horseback riding thing at one point they're trotting and all is great in the world gucci seems to be kind of real excited and kind of goes off on on tangent a little bit maybe slips at one point you know yeah Emily kind of mentions here that she's a little jealous of the connection that he is forming with Gucci. Like, why can't you do that with me, basically? Um, he says, you know what? I just felt the spark with the horse. Wow, sir. So you're capable of emotion, but you can't do that with your wife. Cool. Seems right. Um. Anyways, after the horseback riding, they go out for dinner. Um... And he says to her, like, listen, I don't want to sugarcoat anything, but, like, this process has been really tough for me. He um, literally basically tells her that she's a fucking red flag. What the fuck? You might want to add some context to why you feel she's a fucking red flag, but you're too pussy shit to tell her why she's a fucking red flag. Fuck you. I fucking hate this guy, which I've kind of made that very clear at this point. If you're gonna be someone's husband, the man the fuck up. Sorry to use that term, but I'm gonna use that term. How about this? Adult the fuck up and tell her something. Fucking idiot. Anyways, he doesn't know why things have changed. Well, fuck, if you don't know why things have changed, how the fuck is she gonna know how things why things have changed? But you know what? I don't believe him. I think he very much well knows what what has changed for him. He doesn't want to fucking tell her that. He doesn't want to tell her I don't know what's changed because he doesn't want to actually fucking tell her fucking idiot anyways um so he would just run in these instances and in past relationships he wouldn't stick around um yeah, fuck you know what if you ran i would have more respect for you at this point but that's not what you're doing you're just stringing her along until i don't know when um he just wants to take it day by day um which again, fine, cool, but that's, isn't that kind of what you've been doing? Um, she kind of says somewhat the same thing. And she says, listen, I I need more. And she needs him to express himself, which I think, again, that's very fair. Like, come on now. Anyways. So that's kind of it with Emily and Brennan for now. Um, we will see them in just a little bit. Let we do the group stuff. So let's take a little detour here and let's go to Michael because he's coming back. We first see the experts meeting up with just them, kind of talking about maybe we need to set him up with someone new. And Doctor Pepper feels bad, but matching him up with this person who clearly wasn't fucking ready. And then Michael shows up, and he's wearing the crown that his, well, what was supposed to be his wife gifted him. Um, and Dr. Pepper initially just apologizes right off the bat for this mishap and whatever. He says, listen, even if I was mad, I didn't think there was necessarily ill will on her part. Which maybe there wasn't, but at the same time, like, then why did you do this process if you don't think you can marry a stranger? Um, but Dr. Pepper basically says that runaway bride robbed him of the experience that this is supposed to provide. And ultimately took that away from herself as well. Because you're literally, I feel like you're always going to wonder what if, right? Anyway, then... Dr. Pepper asks, like, would you want to do this again if we can find you the right match? And he basically says 100%, I would do this again. Um, And they do ask him, like, you know, since you've been through this process, like, what, or partially through this process, what would you like to see from a new match? And he basically says, like, he would like someone who's intelligent, witty, but also silly and sweet. So Pastor Cal says, you know, we 100% picked the right groom. That's a fucking diss to who was supposed to be his bride. It's funny. Anyway, so they are going to find some him someone new. Great. Fast forward to a new day and Michael is meeting up with some of his friends. I'm not sure if any of these people were actually at the wedding, but he's meeting up with some of them. And he tells them, listen, guys, I did meet up with the experts and they definitely took accountability for their part in all of this. And he says that they might try to match me up with someone else. How does that make you guys feel? Which is a great question to ask. And one of the friends, kind of the one who's more vocal here says, well, I don't trust their abilities to pick the right person. But with that said, I do trust you. And she asks, like, do you really want to do this again, though? And he says that he definitely wants to try um, to do this again. The friends say, well, you can back out this time. You know, if you think this is all going to go well, and she's going to say yes, you back out. (laughs) Let's not do that. Um, Then here comes Dr. Pepper. And she tells Michael, listen, we um, are doing this again because we found you a match and she has all of the qualities that you were asking for. Um, also apparently like one of the friends kind of says to Dr. Pepper that, you know, he did kind of make a comment that he felt that, this experience of the of the other woman ditching him at the altar was somewhat a failure on his part, and I just want to stress like I feel like this wasn't stressed enough, but I'm going to stress this. This was not a fucking failure on his part. He did nothing wrong. He didn't ask for this. Um, I think this person. Clearly, way over her head, probably didn't think this was actually going to happen. Um, and when it did happen, maybe her family was so hell bent against this happening. We just didn't see that for obvious reasons because now she's suing um, the creators of the show. But, you know, may- maybe there's just something we don't know. And that is why this was a failure. It has nothing to do with him. Anyway, that's it for Michael. We won't see him again for this episode, but let's move on to Claire and Cameron. So they are going to do some indoor skiing. And he says that he's still trying to, you know, figure her out, and figure this whole thing out. But... They're real awkward together, like really awkward. At one point, she actually wants to go in between his legs while they're skiing. And the way she's kind of directing him on like how to stand and how to like do in order for her to do this was so fucking awkward. It didn't feel like a couple going through doing this really crazy thing together it just felt like she was really dictating to him in a sense. And you could tell like he was just getting frustrated about the whole thing. Like everything they do together is, is kind of awkward at this point. Um, She says, you know, it is weird that he didn't, sorry. She says like this whole situation is weird. She assumes um, he didn't. And she definitely didn't sign up for a platonic marriage. He feels the exact same, but She's not a quitter, she says. She wants to try everything. And he clearly, when she says this, is like, I don't want to fucking try anymore. I'm out. He's been out this entire time. Um, for most of the t- for most of the time. So what more is there to do? I understand not being a quitter, but it gets to the point where you're just like, there's nothing more for us to do here. We did it all. And let's move on but anyway um she does mention like she sees him as um as her bestie and I'm thinking I mean yes definitely be friends with your partner I think that's important but if you're basically referring to your partner as your best friend but yet there's no romantic affection kind of in there as well You're going nowhere. You have been friend zoned. Anyway. Um, Then we see kind of this two-sided thing kind of happening. We see Claire meeting up with Laura. We see Cameron meeting up with Orion. So before we head into the conversation about Claire and Cameron, Laura and Orion have not spoken to each other since the last time they saw each other. So basically Cameron tells Orion, I got to advocate for myself. I want to leave, but she always finds a way to kind of reel me back in. And the way he kind of describes this is like, she'll say things like, I like it when you're at the apartments,' which reels him back in. But he knows that this is basically them beating a dead horse at this point. Um, and then with her, she feels like, you know, I want to keep it going, but I feel like maybe he's just not attracted to me, which is interesting because now here in Canada, it's a little difficult for me to get the after parties. I don't get those. Um, but Ava, who is, does seem to have access to the American version or American channel here, um, has told me what, about what's been going on with the after parties. And apparently, Claire has made comments that Cameron said that he was not at all attracted to her and she tried making physical advances towards him and he reject her and all of this. So with that in mind and with her saying this makes me think, okay, then he probably isn't attracted to her. And she just didn't want to say that on camera at the time. Now she doesn't give a shit, but at the time, like she just didn't want to say that. And that's interesting. So that makes me wonder, okay, if you knew though that this man was not attracted to you physically, why would you continue being this dead horse? Why wouldn't you say enough's enough? I'm done. Then since you're done, I'm done, you know? So I'm not sure, but basically from this, Orion tells Cameron, you got to advocate for yourself. Yes. So if you want to leave, then leave. Don't allow her to reel you back in. And and then with Laura and Claire's conversation, Laura basically says, listen, I regret not fighting for my marriage. So if you still have fight left in you to fight for it, fight for it. So we see both of these people getting two different fucking things and that's, just not going to be great. Um, so then we are at the one month with them. They are not going to be celebrating together. Um, she basically has hope that they are, you know, not too far gone, that maybe they can kind of make this work, but you know, they're they're spoiler alert, they're not going to make this work. Um he basically spent his anniversary going bike riding with the people he loves, that is literally what he said anyways. Claire tells us In another scene that Cameron texts her telling her he is not coming back to the apartment. She's not surprised by it. He basically feels that he just needs to tap out of this marriage. She feels sad that they are, you know, not on the same page and really clearly cannot be on the same page. So... Yeah, I think that's it for Claire and Cameron before we go to the group. Um, so let's go to Becca and Austin. So initially she looks really upset. Apparently they were having a conversation about religion earlier in that day. Um, So because of this seems to be a pretty heavy conversation that they had together about this topic they end up having a conversation with Pastor Cal. So they apparently had a conversation about heaven and hell. And he made a comment where he said, well, listen, even if you, you know, do end up in hell, you know, I'll still love you. What? So from what I'm understanding with this is with what he was taught in terms of religion was that If you do not have God as your Lord and Savior in your heart, then that means everybody else is going to go to hell. So fuck the Muslims, fuck the Jewish people, fuck the Hindu people, basically fuck everybody who is not Catholic and doesn't have Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior in their heart. I don't fucking believe this. I don't feel like I clearly don't have any recollection of ever learning this. So I'm wondering if he's I'm not sure of which sect of Catholicism he falls into, if it's evangelical. I don't know. But I hear this and I'm just like, what the fuck? That just doesn't feel like something I learned, anyways. Um, but my understanding, maybe I'm wrong here, but with Judaism, I was under the impression that they actually don't believe in a hell. I know Hinduism doesn't believe in a hell. So I'm not sure that I'll, i I feel like I heard that about, like I remember Ari, of Ari and Benny mentioning that she didn't believe in a hell because her religion doesn't believe in a hell and she is also Jewish. So I'm wondering if that's, I know Becca has kind of gone more agnostic. So she believes in everything, but she was never taught that. So I'm hearing this and I'm just like, for fuck's sakes, man, like, this is the problem that I have with the religion that I was brought up in. Although I don't recall ever learning this or this being indoctrinated in me. I don't remember this at all. Um, So with this comment that he made, she just felt less than. Um, she herself personally doesn't think she's going to go to hell. She again mentions she doesn't believe in it. Um, but he does. Obviously. Pastor Cal says, listen, we don't know what happens when, um, we die. We don't die and come back, be able to tell that story. So we as humans do not have the fucking authority. He didn't say fucking, but I did to say what happens when someone dies. A fucking man, Master Cal, thank you. And then Austin says, you know, his church does believe like, um, you know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to go to hell. And he explains this, but then he also then explains, but I don't believe in that, but you clearly do because you just made this fucking comment to your wife. So was that a slip of the tongue or what? Like somewhere you're lying. And I'd rather you just be honest about it. Um, But Pastor Cal basically says, listen, the truth here is, you know, people who are quote unquote Christian don't always do the right thing. Again, amen. You're just preaching. Oh my God. But he's right. So who are they to say what's going to happen, right? So then we kind of slightly switch gears after this kind of conversation, this hard conversation about religion, where she basically says, you know, he jokingly told me that he loves me blah, blah, blah. Like it was a joke. He was tired. And Pastor Cal says, no, he wasn't joking and he was tired. That's no different than drunk. The truth comes out when you're drunk, isn't it? Right? So he's, he's right. Um, anyway, after the call, she says, if you don't think I'm going to, um, to hell, Um, or sorry, if you think I'm going to hell, that doesn't work for me. But he doesn't think, um, or sorry, he says, I don't know what I think, which again, kind of, again, contradicts what you said earlier while Pastor Cal was on the call. Like it's just weird. Anyway, we're at one month and they are watching their wedding video. I'm not going to go over that again. That's that. They end up going ice skating afterwards and Becca is kind of using that kitty, um, helper thingy so she doesn't slip and fall. Um, and then after they do that, they roll some marshmallows, yum, yum. And he apparently likes his black because he literally likes to light his on fire. So that happened. Um, and you know, she is excited to celebrate every month together until they die. I don't see the problem with that, you know but anyways, that's that for Becca and Austin. Uh, I'm just going to take a quick break here very quick. And when we come back, we will hop into the group meeting. Have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H dot com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and you can be a guest on our podcast. And I'm back. So, We're heading into the group session now. So we are, we're at a dinner and Becca asks, kind of everyone's kind of asking their own questions, but Becca asks, what advice would you give yourself um, prior to this, you know, going into this? Everyone answers, gives, you know, a decent answer, except for Brennan he literally says, uh, Cameron, do you want to, you want to you answer? I'm, I'm good. The fuck? And at this point, like, Emily's faces are amazing. She's like, fuck this man. Like, really and truly. You can tell she's reaching her breaking point at this point. Um, then, um, She says like, I need him to, you know, step up and, you know, say what's the fuck's on your mind. Then Emily asks, you know, what are we most nervous about in the next month to come? Cameron is, um... Is nervous about the fallout and we're like, ooh, that's that's a tough one. And he says, like, I've been he's been waiting for the both of them to be on the same page and hope like they will soon be on the same page. And she ends up, Claire ends up saying, like, listen, I just needed some time to reflect on everything. And she says, like, I'm no longer confused about where she's at anymore then he says well um how about this um on the count of three let's you know say if we want to keep trying or get a divorce like literally let's do a count of three and this was kind of after Emily kind of said like instead of like kind of what you two want as individuals what do we want what do we want to work on and she's like, this is not what I meant when he kind of suggests this. But anyway, one, two, three, divorce. So that is another couple that is biting the dust is, is these two. So he, um, <clears throat> they both um, have zero regrets doing this. But then Claire asks Brennan and Emily, I think it was kind of directed at them. I was a little unsure if it was directed at them, but I think Claire could tell that there was something Emily needed to say. Um, So she says, like, you know, do you have anything that you guys want to say about us or whatever? Because I think you might be in shell shock because, you know, Brendan, you're real quiet over there and, you know, Emily, you're kind of two and trying to get something out of them, some sort of reaction. Brennan says, Nope, nothing. I'm good. And she is done. She's over it. She is like, she's like, I'm, you know, he, oh, sorry. He admits that he has, t- it has taken him a while to warm up to things. And then Claire asks, like, do you guys see a future? And again, this question seems directed at, at them, at both of them. And he says, we are just taking it day by day and he keeps kind of saying day by day, day by day. And Emily says, listen, if I hear him say day by day, one more time, she basically, he, he might end up on, uh, snapped, um, as the victim. <laughs> like, and I totally get it. The thing is, is like, we can see you can emote. You did with Gucci, you know what I mean? Like clearly we can see you can, you're capable of it. So why are you incapable of doing that with her? And if there's something stopping you from doing that, fine. But you need to tell her that. And that's the problem I have with him. So, um, he appreciates her being, um, Uh, So she appreciates her being resilient. She says, if I, sorry, being resilient and helping, you know, saying what he needs to say. What? Brennan, what the fuck have you been saying? Thus far, I feel like you've been saying dick all. And it's clear on her face that that is exactly the case. You have said dick all about anything so um she says listen he hasn't been doing what i need him to do i get he's quiet but for fuck's sakes even austin has things to say and he's the quietest one here that is also true (laughs) honestly so she's just over it it's wait um, then she basically excuses herself at this point to go to the bathroom, which really she's trying to get away from him. And Brennan says, oh, well, do you want me to walk with you? And she's like, nope, don't need you to do, just stay. But Claire does get up to talk to her. And she basically says like, she just wants him to answer some of these questions. She wants to understand what the issue is, how they can fix the issue, or base, or, or even better, see if this is going to work long-term or not. She's like, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Like, like, I wouldn't be doing this for the rest of my life, marriage or no marriage. Like, no. And, um, Claire basically says, like, you know, it's clear he's not Giving you anything here. Um, Emily says, like, she would just walk away, but she cares about him. And I think, again, caring about someone is all good and well, but you need more than someone to care about. You, and I'm not discounting that he cares about her, I think he does in his way, but that is not enough to maintain a relationship, a, a romantic relationship. So then, um, she wishes though that she didn't care about him. That this would make maybe, you know, make this decision a little easier for her to move on. Um, then, um, she leaves, she goes to, um, a cab, I'm assuming, and Claire you know, I think Brennan comes and, she, you know, Claire basically tells him, like, listen, we need to do better. She needs you to do better. She's hurt. You know, do something about it. Um, then he goes out to talk to her. Um, he's like, because, you know, I really just, I don't want her walking away from me. You're confusing me. You act like you don't want to have a relationship with her. You can't open up to her and tell her what you need to tell her. Yet you don't want her walking away from you. It feels manipulative on his part. Like I can't figure him out. And again, I'm confused. I'm like, huh? Like make up your mind. Do you want to be with her or do you not want to be with her? No one's forcing you. Anyways, um, yeah, he says here again. I, I could care about her, but she tells him, "Do you not see during this dinner that I'm upset? Like, did you not see that?" And he says, "Like, I couldn't tell." She says, "Like, I don't deserve this." But even though, like, at one point he says, like, I, I couldn't tell you were upset. He's like, well, it's all you kind of, like, making faces. She's like, that's me upset, dude. Like, it's all there. I'm sorry, but I feel like if I was, you know, making similar faces, my partner's going to tell something wrong. Like, you know? Come on now. Anyway. um, He basically says, like, he just doesn't have an answer though he doesn't have an answer for any of us and um he says that he is trying if this is your idea of trying if then you're you're fucked i'm sorry like you're really truly this relationship is fucked because that's not to me he's not trying to her he's not trying like god um And he says, like, this is all I got. And so that that solidifies it, right? And he says, I get you um, are giving more than me. Again, this is another indication that this is never going to work. She tells him, you know, I will start resenting you if you don't make changes. Like, it's just, and again, all fair. Those are all fair things. Get over it, dude. Like, man, I, again, hate the term, but man up and be her husband. Grow up and be her husband if that is what you want to do. And if that is not what you want to do, then then let her go. Save her the heartache that she's going to get the more attached she is to you, you know? Anyway. So it's kind of that with the group situation. We basically then end off the episode with Claire and Cameron going through their wedding album. She says, like, it makes her sad um, looking at the pictures, but he says it makes him happy because he has no regrets, like he mentioned earlier, doing this process with her. So, you know, it makes him happy. She hopes it will not be the last time she hears from him. He assures her that it won't be. We'll see. We'll see. Then um, he packs his stuff and she walks him out. And that's kind of that. And she says it's hard for her to watch um, what was supposed to be her future basically walk out the front door and that's sad and honestly I feel like maybe things could have gone a little differently um with their relationship if she was maybe not so reserved initially I do honestly think I feel like she got the ick in initially but was able to get over it and he couldn't catch up once that happened but I do also wonder if what we've heard or what I mentioned earlier in the episode is true and that's why you're going to get over it. But our couples are dropping like flies. We basically, we've lost Lauren and Ryan. We've now lost Claire and Cameron. Basically, all we have now is Becca and Austin and Emily and Brennan. And Emily and Brennan are on the verge. Or they're literally on the verge of divorce Here, Like, come on. There's no way these two are going to last. Like, And Becca and Austin have their own issues as well with religion and everything. So it's, I still think Becca and Austin can go a distance, but I, I have no faith in anybody else, which is why I think the show is going into this direction of bringing Michael back, giving him a second chance at a match, and hoping that can maybe fix this season. Um, and I'm kind of talking to Ava about this. She kind of was like, I, he's out of my mind now. Like, I don't want to, you know, I don't care now, but I understand what they're doing. I'm just curious about how this is going to work with the timeline because, we usually do decision day on the same day, but maybe they'll be on their own timeline. I'm not sure. Um, but there, he, Michael and his woman, who we'll talk about in a briefly in a second, are a month behind. Actually, they'll be more than a month behind. By the time they go down the aisle, they'll be be two weeks away from decision day for the other the other couples. Well, I, I don't know. But anyway, that's it for the episode. So next time on, we meet Chloe. I think that's her name. Is that what I said? I can't remember her name, but I'm pretty sure that's Chloe. She is Michael's match. Brennan and Emily meet up with Dr. Pepper to go through their issues. Cameron apparently was diagnosed with some sort of heart condition and don't know what the cause is, how this happened. Is it stress related? Curious to know what this is, because I can, I think I might've mentioned this in a previous episode that I ended up being diagnosed with some sort of heart condition as well that can be brought on by stress. Um, and it's something now that I live with over a year later. Um, it's unfortunate it is what it is. So I'm not sure what he's dealing with, but Claire kind of, it feels like she's kind of blaming herself for maybe hanging on too long when he wanted to leave. This was something that was already happening. There was just an event that brought it to the surface, which was the case for me. Um. Then um, we just see Brennan, You know, being shitty with Emily as usual and I'm over him. I want her to say fuck you, I'm out. I really do, but we'll see, I guess. But that is it for Meredith First Sight.